I'm Lisa Traeger. And the last time I prayed was that Donald Trump loses the election and it came true. So you're welcome, everybody. But I think a lot of people were praying for that. And I think our collective energies really helped. But that legit was all I was thinking about for years. Welcome to Pray For Us, a podcast about practicing an ancient religion in the modern day. We are JC and Jess. We're two nice Jewish girls from opposite coasts, and we're chatting with our guests about pop culture, food, fashion, beauty, relationships, sometimes politics, through the lens of religion and Judaism. This week, we have Lisa Traeger on the show. She's a hilarious comedian, and also, also hi, JC. Hi, Jess. So I will just throw this out there. Like, Lisa is my favorite comedian. So before talking to her, I was like, honestly shitting myself because I'm just obsessed with her. And it was just above and beyond. Like, she's truly a gem of a human being. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this chat. But anyway, happy Thanksgiving. I really like Lisa, too. I just want to say for the record. Um, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> By the time this is aired, it will already have been Thanksgiving. By the time this has been aired, you're going to be so full. You're going to be wishing that you didn't eat those last couple bites of buffalo chicken mac and cheese. I'm talking to myself, by the way. And by the time this airs, I'm going to be needing to do a 90-minute Peloton ride. I'm not going to fit in my pants. I'm going to be sweating, obviously, even though it's 20 degrees in New York. I'm just Can I just so cut you off really fat. quickly? Yeah, please. Who lists buffalo chicken macaroni or whatever you just said as a Thanksgiving food? <laughs> we do. Buffalo chicken mac and cheese. It's buffalo. You, it's There's no chicken in it. It's just buffalo flavored mac and cheese. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I do love the flavors of buffalo, the city, and also <laughs> the sauce, the spice. You definitely but, don't love the flavors of buffalo, the city. It's all like white supremacists. <laughs> that is not a flavor we want. No offense I don't if think you guys I, are in buffalo. I've, yeah, I've never been to Buffalo, so I don't know. Something that I did want to talk about, the elephant in the room, is that the city of Los Angeles has closed outdoor dining, so no one's going to be able to eat at a restaurant anytime soon, which I think is fabulous. JC, what's going on in New York? In New York, outdoor dining is still currently allowed. I did go into the city this past weekend, and I will say something that I noticed is a lot of restaurants have set up their outdoor dining to look exactly like their indoor dining. And it looks mm. kind of just like a greenhouse and they put tables and chairs. But then the second they close that big greenhouse for like insulation and heat, it turns into indoors. So oh, I don't understand God, how that's yeah. allowed. It's just like indoors in disguise. And I don't that's think that's idiotic. safe at all. So I'm confused. Restaurants yeah, that's are very much right now, though. happening. I know. So if you have a favorite restaurant, please support. Buy a t-shirt, buy a mug, buy whatever Carry you can. Out. Get takeout. This reminded me of my favorite Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles, Escuela. And I actually was thinking about BYOB. BYOB. Because they <laughs> they just opened a second restaurant. And they have like a really nice patio. I'm just dipping my toe into outdoor dining, which is ironic. Or now which is bad timing. At their original restaurant... They had, it's like really cool the way that they decorate it. It's really small, cozy, great place to catch COVID. But 
the roof is decorated with like these shoe inserts. Jess, I literally know what you're gonna going to say. I know what you're going to say. And it reminds me, and probably JC and every other Let's Jewish say person. It on three of one, two, three, the Holocaust. The Holocaust. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were going to say museum. It's very Holocaust museum vibes. And I just don't know what they were thinking when they were decorating that. Well, restaurant. they definitely have, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions, but I'm going to assume that they have no knowledge of what the exhibit at the Holocaust Museum looks like with all those shoes. Because if they did, then this is clearly a hate crime. Their ceiling is a hate crime. But yeah, definitely, definitely reminds me of all the shoes in the Holocaust Museum. And every time I go there, I think of that. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, they've actually since taken them down. I'm sure a Jewish person complained. But whenever I would, yeah, whenever I would go there, I would just Mm. like, don't look up, don't look up, don't look up. Because it totally kills the vibe and puts me in a bad place. (laughs) I also wanted to talk about blue and white vertical stripes. What does that remind you of? For a second, I just confused vertical and horizontal in my head, which was concerning. But that also very much reminds me of the Holocaust. It reminds me of the boy in the striped pajamas. Yeah. Horrific movie. Beautiful, but horrific. I I can't wear anything with blue and white stripes. Even kind of that light shade of like muted gray, blue, and white together in general gives me like the heebie-jeebies. That color Um, combo. There was a girl that I used to work with who wore a jumpsuit that was like blue and white stripes. And I was like, this is like literally give her a yellow star on her arm. Like it's a replica. Did you say anything to her? No. What are you going to say? Please don't wear that around me. It looks like you're in the Holocaust. She wasn't Jewish. Like, (laughs) yeah. Just like, I'm sure it was Urban Outfitters who was selling it. Yeah. Oh my God. Another anti-Semitic company. Oh, like across the board for Jewish people. I think that certain things are super triggering or remind you of the Holocaust and there's no ill will or bad intent behind it, but you just can't enjoy things the same way. Do you know what also reminds me of the Holocaust? Bread, like table bread. I once read a book that like a lot of the individuals at the concentration camps, I think this was specifically Auschwitz, were given Mm -hmm. just like a piece of like sandpapery bread to eat like every other day. And every time I see like a small, like not gourmet piece of bread on the table, it reminds me of the Holocaust. That's awful. That's a terrible thing to associate the Holocaust with because I love bread. I love bread too. Um, so great chat with Lisa. We love her. We're obsessed with her. I can't speak for you, but I'm obsessed with her. No, I am. Her. I talk about her all the time. It's true. Okay, same. It's like getting weird. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's our chat with Lisa. Woo! <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Today we're here with Lisa Traeger. Yay! Uh, Lisa is a stand-up comedian. She's fucking hilarious. I used to follow her around town. It was embarrassing. Um, she has her own Comedy Central half hour and album, Glitter Cheese. She has a half-hour special on Netflix called The Degenerates. She's appearing on, she's appeared on, okay, I can speak, Late Night with Seth Meyers, Chelsea Lately, At Midnight. This is not happening. She's in The King of Staten Island. Should I keep going? I will. Uh, Not Safe with Nikki Glaser. Horace and Pete, do we still talk about that? 
<laughs> Adam Devine's house party and truly more things than that, which is insane. She also has a brand new podcast coming out on December 8th called That's Messed Up, which is an SVU podcast. We're very excited about that. So go, Lisa. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Welcome. you. And my Hebrew name is Leia. Just oh, to share so that. Funny. Would you like us? <laughs> should we refer to you as Leia for the interview? <laughs> you don't have to, but I, yeah, it would be a fun uh, change of pace, I guess. That's my, my Hebrew name is uh, Yechevit, which means Moses' mother. <laughs> Which is like the ugliest name you could give a child. So thank you. No, I can top you. Mine's Yakova Fega, and it means heel grabber. <laughs> That's like the very literal translation. But I was like, couldn't you have named me like Shira or something? I don't really understand. Does anyone know what a Hebrew name is? Like, what purpose does it does it serve? I think it's just for a bat mitzvah. I don't. I don't. Or for, well, if you go to Jewish school, like I went to. Uh, Jewish school oh. for kindergarten and a little bit of first grade, and they don't want to call you okay. your American names. Is that really it? Maybe I, I don't like, know. There must be more. <laughs> I think it's like I mean I think my brother got his Hebrew name at his bris, but like girls don't have brises, so I don't know. Well, baby favorite. naming. I don't think I had one of those either. Oh, I'm sure you did. Anyway, Lisa, where where are you now? How's your so, quarantine? You surviving? I'm in Skokie, Illinois. So very Jew central. I'm at my like mm -hmm. sister's husband's parents' condo. They are um, pretty Jewy. And quarantine's been ups and downs, you know, like good moments and like being grateful for tiny things and finding joy. And then also just like horrible times and discoveries. <laughs> Have you been in Skokie this whole time? No, I actually, so I was in LA and then a bummer. My dad had to have heart surgery in the summer. So I came oh. home to help and I was here for a few months and then I went back to LA for a couple months and then now I'm here for a few months gotcha. and hopefully I'll go back to LA in 2021 forever because <laughs> my dad is feeling good and we'll see what happens with the numbers good. and everything but just so everyone knows I do like quarantine and get tested before I see people and I, I sit by that. myself and even my sister and all the kids like I only see them in an open garage so we gotta we're keeping it careful that's really smart you have to I feel like I have to like justify and explain every yes. single thing I do. And I don't even know like if anyone cares. It's more just for me. <laughs> like, okay, I, I'm doing everything I can I can do right. Well, it's also because I'm but, judging people. So I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm like setting myself up for how I would hear that and judge me. Yeah. I'm silently judging. Yeah. JC, I feel like you're publicly judging. <laughs> publicly judging people for their COVID decisions. Yeah. Yesterday, can you tell us about your tweet? <laughs> Okay, there's this thing, and we can get back oh, to Judaism. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, well, fuck everyone in South Dakota or North Dakota oh. or whatever Dakota, because I tweeted that if you are on your, if you're in a hospital bed in one of those Dakotas and you are still in denial about the coronavirus, the nurses should just let them die. Like, why do we need those people? I agree. I, I mean, I think anyone that denies it shouldn't even get hospital care. I completely agree. Yeah. It's like you asked for this. My thing is like I was judging people yeah. and then someone I really like was like, I'm going to Mexico and I'm like, you deserve it, girl. And so it's like you kind <laughs> of end up picking and choosing and then you're a hypocrite no matter what. It's like it's very tough. You can't win unless you're in QAnon, in which case you lose. Um, <laughs> can you can you tell us a little bit about Skokie? I know it's the suburb of Chicago and it's very Jewish. Yes. But what does that really mean? Like, so there's. 
it's, it's just a lot of Jews, a lot of conservative Jews. There's a lot of like Schechter signs, Solomon Schechter's a Jew school, but like um, a lot of walking on Shabbos to different synagogues around town. So, and then we have like our, the Dunkin' Donuts is kosher. So they don't have oh. meat. It's impossible. And it's always, it's like wow. kosher my whole life. And not like, it's more in Chicago, but like very close to Skokie, there's a giant kosher jewel which is the grocery store. So it's like having a Vons or a Hy-Vee or whatever being fully kosher. So you have more options, Kaufman's bagels. You just have that. But it's also super diverse. We have a lot of a big Indian population, Assyrian, Pacific Islanders. Yeah, like growing up, we were known as like a very diverse village. Did you grow up in a religious household or were you just kind of there and one of the Jews? <laughs> no. So we came to America on religious asylum in 1990 as Russian Jews. So because like the Jewish United Fund and Jewish things brought us here, my sister went to a Jewish academy, met her husband, like married at 22. They'll leave, like, well, not him, but they'll leave at McDonald's, but he won't, but progressive and it's where I'm at right now is parents so it's like I think we became we were able to get more Jewish with them because in Russia religion wasn't allowed so we would like sit down for Jewish holidays but we wouldn't do the prayers or like we would light candles but we didn't know the stuff it was weird we're very culturally Jewish and there's Jewish art always in our house and now like, I think what happens to a lot of people older age, my dad now goes to synagogue. Well, not anymore, but he started going to synagogue all the time. How old were you when you moved from Russia? I was only, I was three years old, but I went to Torah Tots, okay. which was the preschool. And then I bit the Torah Tots. Yeah, it was so cute. That's so cute. And we were poor. So like my parents were janitors there, so I could go there. And then I ended up biting the headmaster's son. And I remember getting in trouble. <laughs> Where and your parents body. were like, we need to move to America on that note. <laughs> I fucking bit him. And so we went to synagogue. I do have like Orthodox synagogue memories as a kid and lighting candles and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. But my parents are God-fearing just because of the Holocaust. I, I don't blame them. Because they were born either. in 38 and 45. And so like... So is your sister your only sibling? Yeah, I have a half brother. He lives in the Burbs, and he, but he's twenty six years older than me. So, oh wow! Oh wow! We never have lived in the same house or anything. We are, but my sister and I are close, and she's ten years older than me, and she's really cool. Like for holidays, she makes little pyramid hats and like stuffed frogs on the table. She's very creative, mm. and I that's so cute. Yeah, I like, and then the kids. So she's a teacher at Chicago Jewish Day School, and the kids went there. And then the the older kids went to like a casual Jew high school. I, to me, it's casual because they get to wear pants, but they still have to learn about Judaism like two hours a day. Oh my god, that's a lot. I thought once, twice a week was a lot. One of my best friends is from Skokie, and her parents are pretty observant. And her, she lives in LA now, and it was a big deal for her to like move to LA and to date non Jews. That was like a huge point of contention. And I, I'm always like, what is Skokie like? Like, I feel like it's this other world. It's like this Jewish haven. It is, yeah. And then I remember as a kid, like, the KKK would come march. And then we would all have to talk about that. And then there was also a white supremacist murder spree in, like, 1996. And they killed in Skokie and outside of his house, Ricky Birdsong, who was the former Northwestern basketball coach. And, like, so this guy 
This white supremacist like drove to West Rogers Park, shot at Orthodox Jews, killed this black coach in Skokie, and then went to U of I, shot at eight, like a few Asian people, and then went to Bloomington, Indiana, where he went to like he just went on a racist murder spree. And so I remember that was a huge deal when I was a kid, obviously. How did your school handle that in terms of like teaching you like there is God, but like also there are people who fucking murder and like hate you? First grade on, I went to public school, but we talked about it a lot. Like we would talk about freedom of speech and like all of what, like why you protect the rights of the KKK coming and also like not to counter protest because it just Mm -hmm. gives fuel to the fire. I remember that. And I remember when Ricky Bergstrom, I feel like I keep saying his name wrong. When he was murdered, that was like a huge deal. And at Evanston, Illinois, the next suburb, they do a race for hate every year. They raise money for like, race pro like um, anti-hate programs and the YWCA sponsors it. And it's the YWCA that Tina Fey worked at that she talks about in her book. But yeah, I remember us talking about it all the time. And I remember fourth grade, we had like cultural days where everyone brought different foods from their culture. Like I, what are those noises? Is it my ear now? Oh my God. Is it? I think my my cleaning lady is here. I don't know. Wait, I thought that was Yuli's. I was like, there must be really bad Wait, traffic I, in Skokie. You know what? I'm going to mute myself every time you're talking, Lisa. This is, it's, well, you it can sounds hear like that. zooming cars. So I'm also, Lisa, I'm at my parents. I'm at my parents' house in New York, and this has been where the most in New unbearable. York. Okay, let me just mute myself. You I can keep um, Westchester. Yeah, it's such a. It, I like the vibe of it in the background. Um, it's definitely a vibe. Um, no, okay, um, I, I, we definitely talk about, about it all the time. And during the shooting spree, like I remember fear because we all had to stay at home because we didn't know this. Uh, the killer wasn't apprehended for three days, which is pretty fucked up. So there was a sense of like, don't leave the house because this guy is out there. And when we first yeah. moved to America, we did live in Rogers Park. What is There's that? A cool, it's just the Orthodox Jew Central is Rogers Park here. It's just an area okay. of Chicago where it's, yeah, long skirts and hats and bags. So did you have to, like, dress no, like that? No, and actually, in like, kindergarten, I got in trouble because like... my skirts were too short. Yeah, Ooh, rebellious. But your parents were fine with it. They weren't like, we're going to, like, really lean into this Judaism thing because mm-hmm. that's why we're here. Or they were like, No, I guess um, they wanted me to go to a secular school. And that's why we moved from Rogers Park to Skokie. But my sister... Yeah she's continued a pretty Jewish life. And like my nephew and his cousin were going to get bar mitzvah on Masada in December. And instead we did a Zoom one last week. Close enough. Um, but I didn't get bat mitzvah. I didn't go to Hebrew school. I got a fake bat mitzvah when I went oh, to Oh, so you birthright. did go on birthright. I did go on birthright. What was your fake bat mitzvah like? It was humiliating because I'd also like hooked up and had sex and like sucked people's <laughs> dicks on this trip. So I was like, I, and then one person's ex was there. So there was all this like internal young adult drama in my body. And then... It was like me and another loser. And we had um, we had like the Hebrew spelled out phonetically in English and just next to the Western wall, we just read it and then everyone cheered and it was like a bat mitzvah. But it wasn't real. <laughs> it was like, wait, do you guys, is this a uh, tradition for you? So my sister's husband's family, they've been dating since I was five years old. So they met sophomore year of high school. Wow. And they're 43 now. And so because wow. of them, we've stayed Jewish. Like, we did mm-hmm. all the holidays with them, and I'm really grateful for that. And they're camp, they're summer camp people, camp ma. Mm-hmm. Very much a summer camp person. <laughs> yes, yeah. You do both of you? I went to summer yeah. camp, but not Jewish okay. summer camp. 
I went to Jewish summer camp full eight weeks, the whole thing. I always make fun of Jessica because she went to like some bullshit like sports <laughs> camp for like two weeks. I'm like, that's not camp. But okay. It worked for me. My sister's kids go to camp and they love it. And it that because I know everyone's hooking up, it does make me be like, what have they been doing at camp? Well, my nephew just turned 18. Of course, he's um, the parents work at Ramah and like the other brother met his wife at Ramah. Like, yeah, it's, they're very. And then I worked there. I was I was gone for three days and then I had to quit and leave. <laughs> I was in charge. I was babysitting the nurse's children and they were awful. After I left, the other babysitter left and the kitchen staff had to take care of them. And they threatened to leave because these kids were such monsters. No, I was just going to ask if the kitchen staff were all like Ukrainians, because at my camp, all the kitchen staff were from like Czechoslovakia or the Ukraine. Or, I have like, no idea because I left it for three days. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, I'm not doing this all summer. Every summer at every camp I've ever been to, there's always the nurse always brings her kids. And, like, they're just sort of, like, running around. They're not actually campers. They're just, like, doing their own thing. I always thought, like, that's so weird. I haven't thought about it till now. Clearly, I'm processing. But it's, like, why is that? Like, why don't you just enroll them in camp? Because they don't have enough money. They're the camp nurse. Camp is, like, They should give it grand. to them for free. Or they're too young, too, maybe. Or they're too Because these yeah, kids were, true. like, three, six, and nine. So that's the closest you ever got to camp. You never I, were a camper yourself. I was a counselor at a fat camp in upstate New York and I fucking got fired there for failing a breathalyzer and I was underage. So yeah. And then they just dropped me off at a bus station, but then I had the best time in New York. I lied to my parents. I obviously said I quit. I didn't get fired for drinking. And then I actually had the best like two, three weeks in New York city. And I have, I have, I have family in Brighton beach where a lot of the Russians live. And so I would stay with them. It's so Russian. So Russian. Oh my God. Not to be like stereotype, I'm of Russian descent, so I feel like it's okay for me to say this, but I did so feel much. like- Just throw oh, it out there. There you go. I felt like there was a strong Russian mob presence in Brighton Yeah, I don't know if that's correct or not. For sure, but I only know that because of the movies, like uh, 25th Hour and like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of mob people there. Anyway. I want to go back to Fat oh, Camp yes. briefly. What- like, what is the deal with Fat Camp? Is it exactly like heavyweights or like, is it not Well, fun? do you remember <laughs> MTV's True Life? I'm going to Fat Camp. Yes, I was just going to bring yes. that up. I went My to that My favorite piece of television. I went to that one. That was <gasps> the one. Camp Shane. Oh. And one of the boys that was on that was there and he definitely thought he was very cool. The reason it's upsetting is because there's kids as young as there's very young children and it's like, they should not be here. They should just be playing and be with their parents. I don't know. Another yeah. thing that sucked was they want they want you to keep coming back. Like the food wasn't good. The food wasn't nutritious. So they would learn something in nutrition and they would work out all day. And then the food was not healthy. It was just smaller portions of stuff. So you have these kids eating just smaller portions of garbage, fucking going nuts. It was I remember there was local Doritos they would have. It would be Fanta. Oh. It would be a Waldorf salad. One time we were passing our trays and a girl grabbed Waldorf salad with her hands and put it in her mouth. And she was like, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, nothing. Like, <laughs> Jesus. But I had teen girls. You're like, I'm going to go have a drink. <laughs> but then a lot of the teen girls, they had body dysmorphia. And so that sucked. And then some people like went to camp for so long that they had gotten in shape, but loved being at camp. And so they would all always mm-hmm. come back a lot of working out a lot. And they all are fucking, we would have 
booty. No, what was it? Nookie patrol. I don't remember what it was called, but with flashlights, we'd have to walk around at night to make sure no one was hooking up. Oh, yeah. we had that. But here it's like, we didn't have that. Like they have low self-esteem usually out in their normal life. But then at fat camp, they're like very confident. And then the ratio was one girl to four guys. Oh, oh so that's like, you want to go to fat camp if you're a little chubby girl. Cause then you just get dick down. That sounds kind of Yeah, fun. It was just, it was, it was weird. But in terms of heavyweights, yes, we were finding things in blow dryers and gum rolled up in socks and definitely tons. Yeah, we, we would have to search everything and we would find stuff all the time. But then we found out that there were other counselors bribing their people with food and like they would grab oh. a bag of Cheetos and leave it in the cabin and be like, behave if you don't tell on me. Like I, it was a corrupt <laughs> no. place. And they also didn't give like, psychological help that they needed. I had one kind of, I had a girl, I would come back to my cabin and she was my camper and she'd be in my bed being like, let's snuggle. And we found all these pills and it was just so fucked up. Oh my God. And sh- her parents refused to answer the phone because they didn't want to deal with her. That's so sad. And she wanted to, and they just put her with the younger kids. I, I, there, It was a twisted place. It was twisted. I just remember when I watched that episode of True Life, which I've watched probably like 10 times, during like Parents' Day, one of the moms brings her kid like a ton of Yoohoo. And she's like, every kid deserves a Yoohoo. And I'm like, you're sabotaging your child. The issue with that camp is like, it's not going to work. You need lifestyle changes. I was like 12 saying all this. I don't know how you feel about this, but it's like, if we're anti-gay conversion camp, I feel like we should be anti-fat camp. I just feel like you should accept your kid the way they are. I don't know. I'm not a parent, so. Well, I mean, there's, I remember, I was super in shape at this time. I wanted to be a PE teacher. I was in college to be a PE teacher. I was, <laughs> I was like a vegan, except I'd eat sushi. I was it's not too very late. tan and intense. And I remember I was like trying to help this girl run. And I was like, so what are your goals? And she said, I just want it to not hurt when I breathe. Aww. And so it was like intense sad moments of like but it's just framed in a different because they're working out like five hours a day but then when they go home they don't have that and they it's really it's fucked up and oh one of our counselors was from the biggest loser and she totally lied about her weight we all like you can't lie about weight with people that focus and care so much about weight like it's not gonna happen she was like i'm 145 weigh you every day well she's a counselor she was like ahead of it and everyone was like she's ice cream in her in her cabin and there was all these rumors about her but biggest loser people would come and we would have foreign people from different countries come to be counselors and they were horrified by the american lifestyle and the food i'm sure and it was expensive i don't know i just felt sad when there was like seven-year-old kids at fat camp it's like what the fuck yeah, that's that right. shouldn't be happening. But the food was disgusting. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to teach you how to enjoy healthy foods and give you fiber and, and stuff. It was like, here's a couple of eggs. I don't know. It, it was a weird place. But then my co-counselor told on me and said that I was still wasted in the morning. And I got picked up and dropped. Someone told on you? I thought you got like caught by like No, a I was drunk walking in. Because my friend, my other, oh, this is, they fire people midway through on purpose. So you don't have to pay people fully out. My camp does that too. Oh, interesting. Yep. I don't think my camp My camp will fire someone. So like usually like the second to last night of camp, people will like go out and like get high in, you know, the woods or like get drunk or hook up with other counselors or whatever. Cause it's like the second to last night of camp and people think like you're off the hook. That's when everyone gets caught. 
And if you get fired the second to last night of camp, you don't get paid for the whole summer, which is is that crazy. legal? Nothing is legal. I remember my dad being like, we paid more money for you to work than anything. Like you have to get yourself to New York. You have to, you're getting paid nothing really, but you're young. It's all about the experience. But when I quit, I had so much fun. But I saw Spring Awakening on Broadway. I went to the Met. Oh my like, God. It was Loves. when the Jeff Koons things were up on the, like the rooftop. I mean, I was living like a fucking Oh, I was in New York that summer. I stayed in like Brighton Beach, but then I would get a backpack and then there was like a girl I used to salon reception with. And now I know she was doing cocaine, but I was kind of naive and I didn't get it. But she would paint in her art studio and I would like sleep on the floor there and (laughs) her lofted beds. Like I, I feel like there were other friends too. Yeah. I stayed at someone's house that had like a shower in the kitchen. And I remember that blowing my mind. Oh my God. At this point where you... Doing comedy already or thinking about doing comedy? No, the next comedy, year, because then I got home. I turned 21 at the end of August. And then by March, when I was 21, I started. So you were just kind of like having a, a rum spring, if you will. Just enjoying the sights and this, the yes. sounds of New York. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and the smells. It was like, <laughs> I, yeah, I saw the Seinfeld restaurant. And it was like, as a 20-year-old alone in New York with like my parents' credit card, it was awesome. It was, And then I went to the Poconos with the family. That's so funny. My So my camp is in the Poconos. I also have, um, my grandma has like a lake house close to the Poconos as well. So I'm very familiar. Is this like something you do with your family no, all no, the no, time? No, no, no. This is like, like with the New York family. And they suck. I don't like them. They're all like um, hardcore racist Trumpers. So. Oh, fuck them. Let's I not talk about Yeah. Them. And there's just, I always thank my parents that we moved to Chicago and Skokie because when you are in Brighton Beach, you, you're still living this Russian life. Like you're not mm-hmm. like expanding your mind outside of that. And I I can't imagine the person I would be if I had to grow up in Brighton Beach. Do you feel like Brighton Beach is more isolated and like siloed than Skokie because the proximity to the city? Yeah, I do. Like there's not Hebrew lettering on build. Like when you go to Brighton Beach, it's like Russian lettering everywhere. It's mm-hmm. like a Chinatown. I have, so one of my best friends also moved from Russia to the United States at age five. And then his family moved to Bensonhurst. I guess that's like the other big Russian community in Brooklyn. I, I feel like, I mean, I'm a Russian Jew, but I'm not from yeah. Russia. I feel like the Russian mm-hmm. Jews have such a specific community and like way of doing things. And obviously you speak Russian, yeah. right? Do your parents speak any English? They do. I mean, they're retired now. So now my mom's not even practicing at work and my dad, but they had to, mm-hmm. my mom went to school, but like, they moved here and had to work right away. My, you know, I wish. Yeah. And my parents mm-hmm. were 50 and 45 when they moved here. Or 52 and 45. Wow. wow. And so as a young person, of course, it's like, I think easier to move to a country and get the language going. But when you move in your 50s, it's pretty tough. I feel for the people that have to do customer service with my father. He's like an annoying man. He's very annoying and aggressive and doesn't say <laughs> verbs. And like, it's tough. For sure. They only look. It's so hard to learn another language. It is. I took Hebrew in high school. That was an, that's probably a Skokie kind of feature that Hebrew was offered in a public school as one of the languages. Do you still speak Hebrew? I don't know. I think I got a D like I was, I'm not, that's not my brain. I'm not, that's not where I'm at. Yeah. Do you feel like you identify more as a Russian or as a Jew? Or Uh, I would say, it, yeah, it would have to be equally because I think Russia, there's, 
they got discriminated against in Russia for being Jewish. So that like sticks out and it mm-hmm. is a big identity, but like, I'm so, yeah, we eat Russian food. Yeah. I don't know. I've never thought about that, but I would say Russian, but I, if I had to choose, I'm going to ask my okay. sister. This is a great question. I'm curious. Do you guys feel like because Jews are discriminated against, you feel like you hold on to your Judaism even tighter? I feel like I'm like, I have been, or my ancestors have been through too much for me to just give up this religion. It's almost like when people make fun of me for having red hair, I'm like, I'm not dyeing my hair now because I have been through too much. I've suffered enough. Who makes fun of you for having red hair as a grown adult? Like, not (laughs) not as an adult, but when I was in high school and middle school and stuff, people would do that. No, it's like... Have it, being a redhead is a rarity and it should be celebrated, not Thank you. hated on. Also, if you have a nice, deep red hair like yourself, like it's yeah. beautiful. You don't even have like the squirrely red hair. So you're blessed. I don't want to hear any of this shit about getting made fun of. So you saying red hair reminded me of my friend Aaron that was I was really close with mm-hmm. in elementary school and junior high. And then it reminded me of like the bot and bar mitzvahs were fucking lit. Like I had a bar and bat mitzvah every week. It was wild. I really liked it. But the discrimination, I there's a theory where it's like whatever you feel the minority as is what, like if you're a woman in a room of all men, like your femininity will be your identifying factor. So when I went to Iowa State for like a year and a half, there were no Jews. I was some people's mm-hmm. first Jew they ever met. People were saying crazy shit to me all the time. And so I ended up joining Hillel and I was the treasurer and I hung out with the Jews and I would do Shabbat. And that's not, I'm pretty casual, so, but it definitely, I, I do agree that when you feel like an other, you definitely identify to it more. What that's was like the craziest or like most insulting thing that someone said to you? And I, I the one I remember, I don't even know if it was the most crazy, but the one I remember was someone being like, just give up and go to church. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, why don't you just stop? And I was like, oh. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah, like they didn't even know synagogue. That's a They're good like, point. Oh, are you going to church? Like, it wasn't even hateful. It wasn't like I don't think I had a horn experience. Like, oh, do you have horns under there? But it was just like yeah. they just had no clue. And I was on an agriculture floor. I don't know why they did this to me. It probably. I mean, I'm grateful because that's why I fucking left probably eventually. And if I was Mm -hmm. with cooler people, not that they weren't cool, but I was on an agriculture floor with people that like had prize winning pigs that they would go eat and fucking wranglers and boots. And there was horses on campus and they were all horticulture and agriculture studies majors. And they were going to take over their family farms. Like that's who I had to live with for the year. And is this where you were studying physical education? No, sociology. Well, I went to do advertising, my one passion. And then (laughs) I switched to sociology because I had this professor that changed my fucking brain. And I was like, ah. Then when I dropped out, I came back to Chicago and I went to Columbia College for music business. And I'm fully tone deaf. Like, it's insane that I did that. (laughs) My boyfriend went to Columbia College. (laughs) What did he study? Like producing, filmmaking. I think just producing, yeah. I was just trying to find myself. I had pink Converse and I was trying to like work at a music venue. I just was trying to find something. And then I hated that. And then I don't know what made me be a, want to be a PE teacher, but my PE teachers all went to the school called North Park on Foster and Kedzie in Chicago. And it's a Swedish covenant and evangelical college. And I thought it was going to be like Loyola, 
DePaul, Notre Dame. Like, you don't have to be. Uh, but this is like a Christian college of America. Like, these are Swedish covenant fucking evangelicals. And it was crazy. And then once I found comedy, I switched back to sociology <laughs> and graduated. Comedy kind of is like the study of sociology. 100%. In a way. 100%. Just like, see, like understanding where people come from and people, how much that affects them. But it's a fucked up. I mean, evangelicals are fucked up. They're so fucked up. Like, I remember there was one more, like, class we took, and we had to write three essays on gay marriage. And even at that point, it was, like, such a non-issue to me. And to see people having issues with it, I was like, what? I would argue and, like, leave class. Like, I was a menace at that school. But they also are rude because in the city, they market, like, to athletes and multi-diverse and just, like, a city college to go to. But it's not. And so then they trick people into kind of going there and market it to us. And then you show up and I'm in Christian ethics with someone that's saying being gay is like being a murderer where God would forgive you, but he's not going to like encourage it. You know, like and the Bible was just a resource you can use. Or we read an article in some class about some French woman who's like, you can have a bigger identity outside of being a mother. And she was like, the fact that you're making us read this is disgusting. Like. Like these kids, I mean, oh these 18 God. year olds. It's a fucking cult. Yes. Yeah. And, but I actually ended up meeting my best friend there who is Swedish covenant, but she's one of, like, she's a cool girl. Like, she's not a religious person. <laughs> Despite her Swedish covenant, she's, <laughs> she's pretty just, cool. Um, lineage. Like, her grandparents went, her parents went there. So she went there, but she, mm-hmm. like, we met, like, she likes comedy shows. She's a feminist. She mm-hmm. is one, one of, of us. us. But I, so I am glad that I got to meet her there. You guys found each other against all the odds. Yes. So I was happy about that. But I lived at my parents' house. I was a commuter student and I had comedy. So I wasn't. And because I was a sociology major, the final like senior group of eight to 12 people, they were actually the good kind. They weren't like, they actually wanted to do good. They were like questioning things. They were. They exist. Yeah. I just feel like they're few yes. and far between. I mean, Jessica and I spoke to, I don't know if you know who Kevin Porter is. He has a podcast called Good Christian Fun. And he he comes from an evangelical family, but he is like also one of us. Very cool. His family seems very accepting. So they exist. Just- no, the people were getting married. Like people went there to get married. People are getting married on campus. Yeah, I definitely made one of my, the Bible teachers so mad. Yeah, he yelled at me. He's like, it's just the way it is. What did like, do? I don't even remember. I just remember him fucking screaming. Oh, and I was mad. They had like um, an Israel-Palestine type extracurricular kind of meetup and talk. But the professional for the Palestinian side was someone that lived there and was just like had a rough life and was like an educate, like a doctorate. And then their professional for the Israel side was a girl that just went to the school and was like, I consider myself an American first. And I was like, well, you can't have some like casual (laughs) teenage Jew who has no college education. And then like a person who's lived it and studied it. I was like, this is crazy. This probably gave you a lot of really good material for the beginning of your stand-up career. I think so. Yeah. But then I waitress and I was in the city and I was just running around and it was, I just remember I do, I do have a joke cause I was student teaching. And so before you student teach, you like go and observe. And I have a joke about like virginity and this did truly happen where a health teacher had a rose and ripped off petals and said, this is you. And this is every person you hook up with. And then when you get married, this is all you have to give to your husband. And it was just like a stem of a rose. And I remember doing a joke about that. <laughs> what was the turning point? 
when you were at that school of you like not wanting to do phys ed and you <laughs> wanting to do comedy? <laughs> I think it was when I loved comedy so much. I was doing it so much. And then I wasn't happy to make lesson plans. I wasn't excited to student teach. And it's like, you should be excited for your future career. Like if you're a teacher, you should be passionate about it. Not because you want summers off. And so it was, mm -hmm. it was this thing of like, if I don't even want to do lesson plans in college, why am I, I can't do that. Also, like, how do you lesson plan for Jen? Like today's <laughs> kickball. <laughs> oh, they found a fucking way. I mean, yeah. I hated PE so much as a kid that in high school, there was an option to take summer school PE. So I just did that for like a month each summer and I just got it over with. And then I didn't have to take so it. So you didn't school. have like, to do it at school? Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be sweaty. Because you had to like change, you had to run the mile. It just like was not part of my brand. I'm impressed with you. So I just knocked it out. Do you want to hear something Thank fucked you. up? Yes. I once, did you guys have to run the mile at mm -hmm. your schools, like in high school? So yeah. we had, we had to have a partner of the opposite gender for some reason. And the boys would go first and then the girls would go second. And you would have a partner and they would track your laps. And I'm the worst runner of all time. I'm so slow. I just like, I'm not in shape now, but I was, I was also much larger back then. And I paid my partner like 10 bucks and I was like counting correctly so I can finish quicker because I don't want to do this. So I only ran three laps instead of four. And he like, I paid him 10 bucks and he like made an extra dash and it, I like finished like third or something. And all the PE teachers were like really impressed with me because I, I was at like seven minutes and 30 seconds. And like, <laughs> but I fully fucking lied. Like I just did not run the full mile. I can't believe you're both gym like deviants. But that summer, that is like, that is cool. No, I would wanted to try. That's the thing. I wanted to get a good score and like in gym. I did. I was, I really <laughs> wanted to get a good mile time. It's so humiliating. I mean, I clearly I did too. And I didn't want to do it the right way. Like I'm so competitive. I just will like cheat anyway. But it's possible. also more embarrassing when you do try so hard and then you suck too. Like that was me where I would try so fucking hard and still get like, not you know, nine, 10 minutes. Same. I tried out for That's the lacrosse good. team in high school. I started a petition to start a girls lacrosse team because there was no lacrosse at school. And then I finally, it finally happened and I tried out and I didn't make the team. And I started the fucking That's petition. That's such bullshit. I know. That's so fucked up. Did they let you be like team manager or something at least? At that point, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I don't want anything to do with these people. Oh, that's another thing I just, it flashed into my brain. We got like Jewish holidays off, which I don't know if that happens all over the country. But like in our public school, oh, we got no. Yom Kippur off. Like we that. got it off. But I'm, I mean, I live yeah. in Westchester. It's very Jewish. Do you still celebrate Yom Kippur in I don't, and the high ones? I don't do anything personally, but if I'm home, I'm definitely going to like go hang out with my family, yeah. you know, or if they want me home, yeah. I'll do it. But I'm not on my own. I'll eat home in Toshins, but I'm not. Oh, like, oh yeah. Any day of the week. I'm not doing. Are you guys? <laughs> do you do Yom Kippur? I do not Yom Kippur. Year. I did it this year, but not because I'm religious. I just really love break fast and I love eating bagels and I want to eat like six, seven bagels. I want all the white fish. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do it as more of like an experiment to see how much I could eat and how long I could go without eating. Do you guys like fun. pickled herring? I was going to no, bring I'm glad you posted it. <laughs> I love it. I, okay. I like everything. Yeah, I, I, I'll fucking eat anything. JC's always complaining that there's no good white fish salad in LA. Mm -hmm. The other day I was at the Brentwood Country Mart at Farm Shop and I found 
the brand that like Acme. Yep. So now JC can never move because LA has everything she needs and wants. What I was going to say is I feel like for me, Judaism, like in the holidays, it's all just about the food. Like I love to celebrate the holidays because I love Jewish food. Yeah. And an excuse to eat it. Yeah. I, it's always a mix for us of Jewish and Russian. So I don't even know. But I mean, I love a potato pancake. What is like the Russian? I mean, I know I don't. I've definitely had Russian food, but like aside from like borscht and like stuffed cabbage, like what's what's good? It's, what should, it's what should like we everything doing? else where it's like a potato and a meat, a rice and a meat. I feel like mm-hmm. every kind of every culture has that those sorts of dishes, lots of soups, my yeah. mom and lots of breakfast, little pancakes, farmer cheese, pancakes, great mm-hmm. cakes. She mm-hmm. makes such good cookies. Pierogies, right? Yeah. We call them video. Yeah. Pierogies is like me. And then videos is what I like, which is like mashed potatoes inside with grilled onions. And my mom makes oh, the yeah, dough. We only get those like two or three times a year. It's really time time consuming to make those. I call it peasant food, where it's like the same 10 ingredients over and over again in different fashions. But some of it's disgusting. Like my mom makes a chicken soup jelly. It's like a gelatin. It's like a jello of chicken soup. How do you I've eat never Absolutely eaten it in my not. life? It's disgusting. I don't want I it's but every new year. How does she eat it with like a fork yeah, and a knife? Like you just yeah, it's like a jelly, jiggly chicken soup. I feel like that's something they would serve at fat camp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing like, you know, before you like wash a chicken and it has like a layer of like mystery on top. It's like, that's what I've I'm... never cooked chicken. In my... I'm not a cook. I don't do that. Is that bad? <laughs> I'm picturing like pate or something. No. Oh, no. I love pate. I love chicken. I like that a lot. I love chopped liver yes, so that's much, what it is. which is very taboo for me. Like I don't eat a lot of meat, but it's so tasty. I love chopped liver. Oh my. I haven't had that in a while. On like a nice piece of French bread. Yeah. I love chocolate. Or like a bagel chip. I love a bagel chip. You you do. I'm I'm a hitter. Bagel chips don't do it for me. Either like give me a bagel or <laughs> give me a chip. Like I'm kind of like my friend claims that her dad and maybe her mom as well invented bagel chips. I don't know if it's true or not. I hope that it is. But I'm like, thank you for contributing to society. Are they wealthy? In such a positive way. <laughs> Uh, I don't think so, no. <laughs> and, oh, my mom, like, this week alone, I've had matzo ball soup twice, or last week. Homemade? Yeah, my mom. Thriving. Sounds so nice. Yeah, it's like the patience. I, it's pretty amazing. I don't have it. Mm-hmm. You both cook. I started yeah. to kind of, like, over quarantine just because I didn't have anything else to do, but I'm not good at it. But I'll do it. Yeah. I'm getting pretty into it. It's just like you made you made like activity. a beautiful apple cake the other day. You're like way more into it than I am. So are you cook? Are you eating? It's like my one hot. Are you eating dinner with your family every night? Yes, which is actually okay. It's great because my mom is a really good cook, and it's free food, and it's like all super healthy. But you know what? No, but she's gonna listen to this. I'm gonna just stop. <laughs> We can talk um, about it after we finish no, recording. No, there really is no but. It's great. It's wonderful. No complaints here. I We're having eggplant parm tonight. I'm fucking psyched. She's making tuna casserole tomorrow, which like, I don't know how you guys feel about that. But My dad loves that. Lisa, did you ever? Is that a Jewish yeah, I've thing? I've never had turkey casserole. I think ca- tuna, oh, tuna, tuna casserole. Tuna casserole. <laughs> I think it's like a Southern thing. I do thing, like a but... tuna noodle thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes. like that. It's like yeah. tuna, egg noodles, cheddar cheese, like potato chips it's i mean what i also love about jewish food is like there are jewish places that are not kosher at all you know like a jewish deli or like a jewish diner they're not kosher (laughs) really like canters or i mean any any jewish jelly in new york like katz's second half none of them are but i fucking i love it oh i can't wait to go to katz's again do you have a strong preference between like your life in new york versus la do you 
Do you know yet what you like I better? I liked both in the times I was there. And I liked being in Chicago too. It's like when people are like, oh, you got sick of New York. I'm like, I would have never wanted to go from Chicago to LA. I don't think I would have been happy. And yeah. I loved my time in New York, but I would love to be in LA right now. I just don't get why both cities can't be great. And, yeah, and you, you travel have. so much. I mean, one of the best, this is like a brag, but one of my favorite moments this year or last year, what was this year? Was pre-COVID, of course was I was going to New York, but I was in LA for half the week. And I, in one day I got my spots from the comedy seller and from the comedy store texted to me within like minutes. And I was like, I fucking made it, yo. Like I'm performing on every coast at dream clubs. This is insane. And it felt like such a big accomplishment. And so I liked, I like both. Awesome. I like it. I actually, I was, before we got on the Zoom, I was wearing a comedy store shirt. And then I was like, I have to change because that's so fucking embarrassing. It's if I show up, like, like, hey, look what I have. Like, I'm a fan. That'd be, I mean, now I just spilled the beans about it anyway. But <laughs> Did you buy it during COVID no, or knows. have you had it? No, I've had it for, I've had it for a while. It, yeah. Well, because that's like one of the few ways you can like support places is gear now i mean i'm down to buy you know like i love i'm always did you you ever go to veselka you could yes i bought i bought a mug from i bought a bunch of gift certificates for people in new york because i was like i need to do my part to keep this motherfucking place open i fucking love veselka and it's just like what is it it's a 24-hour ukrainian diner where you can get american breakfast food of course and like burgers and stuff but then they have pierogies borscht matzo ball soup best borscht And you get Ukrainian cold, distant, not good service. And that I enjoy too. I love that. <laughs> I like it. I like my space. Yeah. It's just, yeah, they have, but you can get just buttered noodles with feta, you know, it's, I mean, sign me up. <laughs> classic. Um, you can get Lockheed's. It's, it's where I would go late at night or when I was homesick and stuff. And it was delicious. No, it's, the best. I did like one summer in New York City, like where I lived at an NYU dorm and we were right next to Veselka. So I would always kind of like lurk around because I felt like celebs would always go to Veselka. But then I actually tried it and I was like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> did you, do you, are you guys Bravo people? Do you watch Housewives? Yes. So, oh, my God. Sorry. Go I ahead. just I no, Jess is really into Housewives. I just got into Bravo. So I'm like, a newbie. I've watched all of VPR and I'm like going to watch the housewives. I just haven't yet. Vanderpump is a great place to start because the drama is so insane that it, it is, it's an, an amazing franchise. Have you watched Real Housewives of Salt Lake well, City Well, that's yet? what I was going to say and this might be kind of rude, but say what, it. Wh- what's the one? Lisa. She was a cultural Upper West Side New York Jew and became a mm-hmm. Mormon. And I'm like, I know. Who? What, what the fuck is going like, on? Like, I just feel like being a New York, like, Zabar's Jew is, like, such a blessing. Like, it's such a cool life. It I is. can't imagine. Yeah, a missionary came to her door and, my mo- and her mom said, we've been praying for you. And they just became fucking Mormons. And I, that was shocking to me. I'm like, I just can't imagine wanting to make that transition. I think you need to have, like, a serious mental break or, like, a serious break with reality for something like that to happen. Like, there's no way that someone in their right mind would make that decision, like, consciously. There's just no way. No. I won't believe it. No, and she's pretty rude. My theory? Yeah, she's so rude. There is a woman on there who's from Chicago and is still a practicing Jew. Meredith. And I'm like, these ladies are... Mm-hmm, I like her a lot. There are a lot of similarities. So you're like, you can tell that both of these women are Jewish. Like, it's just so obvious. Maybe because I'm Jewish and I know what to look for. No, they have the nanny laugh. I, they laugh like the nanny together. I didn't watch last like night's episode, but 
I'm going to watch it. I watched like half of it. I need to like be in the right state of mind. Like I really treasure it. It's so bad, but it's just perfect. Someone wrote like they know what's expected and they've come to play. I think that was a tweet that was very popular. But what's awesome for you is that, you know, with Beverly Hills or New York, it's so daunting where it's like, oh, fuck, there's 11 seasons, 10 seasons. But with this, there's only two episodes. Like you can join this franchise fresh with all of us. Okay, I'm going to join. I'm going to join tonight. There's a a Muslim. There's an Episcopalian who is married to her step-grandfather. There's always one. There's purebred Mormons that have been kicked out because they're like, I mean, it is a great franchise. I'm excited. There's polygamy. There's something for everyone. Wait, there was. Do you guys ever watch, uh, what was that reality show on Bravo about Long Island Girl? Long Island what was it? Yes, Lisa. Oh my God. I asked Jess about this like four days ago. It was called The Princesses of Long Island. I fucking Island. loved it. <laughs> I fucking loved it too. But I think like only one of them was Jewish. So I was so confused because oh, no. they all like had like. I didn't get that. I, I thought they were all Jewish. I thought they all were too. But I remember like looking them up and like only one of them actually was. The rest were like Italian or something. But I fucking loved that show. There was like that girl who had like the cup sleeve company. I don't know if this is really yes. any Wait, oh my God. I, my, yeah, there's struggling. And the song was like, Duh. I'm going to listen to it as soon as we're done. It was like a great theme song. <laughs> One season. I remember what, I, what sticks out in my brain is the girl that made her like dad carry on her on her back after a pedicure. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. That's such like an Ariana Grande move, but I'm here for it. I love Ariana Grande. I'm not. I fucking love her. Me too. Jewish pop stars. I wonder. I don't think. I don't think there's probably like Israeli pop stars. I actually don't. Madonna. That's what I. That's where my brain went. She converted to Kabbalah. That's it. I mean, none of the big ones right now are Jewish. They're they're all like part of Hillsong. They all just like love Christ so much. And well, you know what happened to the Hillsong guy? I know Carl Lentz, baby. But I'm not. And I. He seemed like such a good guy. I googled him this week for the first time, and he is hot. I do understand. He's really hot. People mm-hmm. are into him. I saw him in the flesh when I went to Hillsong that one time. Who did, um, who did you go with? I <laughs> I've told this story so many times, so I'll <laughs> thank I'll you for asking. quickly. But like I, but thank you for asking. Um, I went on like a weird date to Hillsong. Um, this guy that I knew from summer camp, who's Jewish, said he was like writing a piece or like studying up because he was like writing a film or a pilot on like a church. So he had been going to like study up on the culture. And we went, and I thought we went, like, kind of as a joke or, like, for him to do his research. But he, like, knew every song and was, like, super into it. We sat, like, three rows behind Justin Bieber. Like, I got the full experience, but, like, would not recommend. It's very bizarre. Wow. That's thrilling that you got to see Bieber. It was pretty thrilling. He's a lot smaller. All celebrities are. All celebrities are. I'm trying to think of a celeb I met that was, like, everyone I've met is, like, a tiny version of themselves. I think Conan O'Brien yes. and John Krasinski are like the only two tall celebrities. I did meet Conan. Conan O'Brien in person is shocking. He is so tall and so kind. Yeah. Actually, so the tall. one time I met Conan was last July when my friend Karen and I did the pilot of our podcast and we walked. Which we're going to talk about. We're going <laughs> to plug we, the shit yeah, out of it. But it was when Kumail and Johnny did a no call, no show to Conan and just didn't show up. And so then he came on the podcast and brought him edible arrangements and they're both dieting. So we got to eat all the edible arrangements, but Conan razzed us. He goes, what's your podcast? And we told him and we're like, and we're, you know, we're going to talk about Casey Anthony. He goes, what? She killed her baby. What else is there to talk about? I'm like, all right. It was like thrilling. I mean, I, someone asked me like when I'll be sick of seeing celebrities and truly never. I just can't imagine. Never. 
not being pumped up. Best part about living in LA. And yeah, it gives me life. Who who's the most? Who's like the person that you were the most excited to see, like out in the wild or like through work? So out in the wild, I would say this is an obscure. This is a little off brand, but Fran Lebowitz was very exciting to me. I was in New York. I saw her walk by and I almost flipped a table. I was in the West Village of a restaurant and ran out the door to look at her. And I went to a book signing once, but Fran Leibowitz was like, I went kind of nuts. And I had just moved to New York. So it was just a spiritual moment. And then in LA, seeing AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys was huge. It was huge. And I was talking to my, I was leaving Soul Cycle, which is amazing. Yes. I have seen every celebrity I've ever seen in LA at SoulCycle. Yes, okay. West Hollywood. I live. I live. I would walk home after every class. I mean, I fucking loved my LA life. Me too. I lived like on West Knoll, like right underneath. I lived Soul on Cycle King Street I, by yeah, Cookies. I, I fucking loved it. I would take an Uber to class, and then I would like lounge, go I to Alfred, get a coffee and yogurt. I mean, I fucking loved my LA life, but. I was walking, talking to my mom, and I was a big Backstreet Boy girl, like floor-to-ceiling. Po- like, I was insane. I went to AJ McLean's solo tour. I went to the Johnny No Name tour. <laughs> like, I was fucking crying at their concerts. Uh, I went bowling with Howie D once, and so I'm walking, and he was Stop. at Ballet at the Sunset Hotel, and I could, I was just like, AJ? And he turned around, and he goes, yeah. I go, this is insane. I'm like, you mean so much to me. I'm so happy to see you. Like, enjoy your day. And he was like, thanks. And I kept walking. And then my mom was like, who was that? And I go, fucking AJ. Like, can you believe it? I was so happy. And then I went to, I think, where I was too starstruck. And she would have been nice and talked to me. And I know it. And I was so close. But I just couldn't even handle myself. Was Sarah Jessica Parker at the Amy Sedaris uh, True oh, TV wow. show premiere. I got to go mm-hmm. and... I, I was so close to SJP and I was like, I fucking am at a party with her. This is insane. Iconic. So those are the ones that I think. I feel like seeing her in the flesh. And then being, we mentioned and we're like, can we even talk about it? But Horace and Pete was like the greatest experience of my life. So I like have the biggest crush on Louis C.K. And it just like is what it is. He's like my person forever and always. (laughs) No, he's a genius. I'm like working with Steve Buscemi and like Edie Falco. Edie fucking Falco. Like Like having lines with Jessica Lange, Alan Alda. Like it was unreal. I mean, you were amazing in that. I bought every episode. Oh, yeah, because you love it. That's the thing, too. Um, Everyone was like, what are you going to do when he takes his dick out? What if you're going to... I'm like, I would touch it. I'm like, he's not into that, but I'm like... I'm with you. When I went to the table read at his house, I thought it was going to be creepy. And I, like, shaved my pussy. Like, I was like, I'm going to Louie's house, and he's going to be a free... And then it was a real table read. And I was like, this is better. Like, I'd rather be sitting with Steve Buscemi. What a letdown. But it was like, I was with you. I was like in... I was in it. I was in for it. I was I was yeah. here for it. Wait, oh, wait tell me hilarious. your favorite before we. I saw Vince Vaughn in Manhattan Beach, which was like an out of body experience because I also have a humongous crush on him. Do you know the comic Steve Byrne? Yeah, of course. Okay, so he was his show. Whatever his show on TBS was on the air, Sullivan and Son, and he was in Chicago sitting with Vince Vaughn, and we were drunk after a White Sox game, and we're like, how funny would it be if we went and talked and only talked to Steve Byrne and ignored Vince Vaughn, like we didn't know who he was, and that's what we did. <laughs> we went up to Steve and we're like, congrats on season two, we love the show, you're so funny, <laughs> to the point where Vince Vaughn was like, hey guys, and we're like, hey, and like fully ignored him, and then our friends were like, but he's still a human, and we're like, we just. Wanted to do it. That is hilarious. So but you He's were really too. Yeah. I know. I have the weirdest crushes. I mean, my crushes are like Vince Vaughn, Mark Marin, Louis C.K., and like who else? Like Jeff Goldblum. Like, oh, that's a good one. 
I don't get the Jeff Goldblum thing. Oh, I love him. Uh, I also met him because my old boss is very good friends with him. And that I think my hand was like shaking and probably like really sweaty, but I shook his hand anyway. And it was very good. Um, very good handshake. But yeah, the Vince Vaughn experience was great. And then my first day working at Funny or Die, like four years ago, I met Timothy Oliphant. Mm, I like him. He mm. came in for oh my a general God. meeting. I have a funny story about him. And he was so nice. He like asked me my name and I was like an assistant and I was just like shocked. And he asked me to like come sit at the table with him. And I like Girl Next Door is like my favorite movie ever. He's just so hot and I love him. So that was like a fucking amazing experience as well. When I was in college, I took this like small seminar. It was like a 10 person class. And his dad, Bevan, taught the class. He's like this badass rancher in like Tucson, Arizona, and used to like run Dole Farms or something. And he would always talk about his kids. And he's like, I'm so proud of them. Like they have such amazing careers. And I saw Timothy Oliphant at a party once. And I like went up to him and I was like, I just want to let you know, like I took your dad's class in college and like he's such an incredible man. And like we like had this moment and I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like I imagined this like when I was at the University of Arizona, I was like when I moved to L.A., and I work with his son. <laughs> to meet him all of it. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Wow. That is a good one. I also saw Kathy yeah. Bates in first class and I watched her like a hawk. <laughs> what was she watching? Um, she was reading on a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had Class like a fur act, of course she was. vest and she had sunglasses on and she had ice cream and it was like, oh, it was so good. She's divine. Yeah, yeah. but I'll get excited. There's like a god, like if I went up to a woman that was on season five of Shameless, and I'm like, you're great in it. Like, I just... Which woman? I'm the blonde. Isadora Goreshner? It was, like, the stepdaughter that they find later in life, oh, the blonde no. girl. Okay. But I just... I don't, I don't even think I made it that far. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like, before, before I wonder moving if... to L.A., I had, like, no shame. But then, yeah. like, my first week in L.A., I saw Nick Kroll in the flesh, and I was like, hi, I'm a huge fan. And he was nice, but I was like, I shouldn't have done that. And, like, ever since then which was probably like six years ago, I was like, I'm not going to talk to celebrities anymore unless it's part of my job. I wonder if we've ever been to a soul cycle class that's the same class. It's very possible. Because it's, it's very world. possible. I was doing like a for a week. Movie. I was crushing it. I loved it. Me too. Oh, same. Oh, well. I got a Peloton though, so. Nice. Gyms are so open, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> At least we have that. Before, before we let you go, Lisa, yes. please tell us everything we need to know about your podcast, where we can listen to it, and when. And we're fucking psyched about it. It comes out December 8th on Exactly Right, which is so nice. And then it's called That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. And it's it's called That's Messed Up because the crime... It's, so basically, we talk about an episode of SVU, the crime it's based on, and we interview a person from the show. And we have some insane guests. And yeah, it's called That's Messed Up because it's ice tea used to say that, but also the crimes are very messed up. Researching these crimes is pretty horrific. Cannot wait to listen. It's also I love fun. It. I we love, love the show. I love SVU. I'm so excited for it. Um, thank you. This was very fun. Holy shit. This Lisa, was awesome. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show. This is like, thank I feel you. like we're just hanging. I don't want to go, but. I know. you. Have, yeah, people have end. work to do. This podcast has been mastered and mixed by the one and only Josh Fisher. Yay, Josh. We love you, Josh. <laughs>